Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Being a ghostwriter can be a lot of fun. It's a rewarding profession. And today, you're going to learn from one of the best ghostwriters of all time on what it takes to become a successful ghostwriter. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan Janelle, and welcome to our podcast. I'm a book coach, developmental editor, and ghostwriter. And no matter where you are in the writing process, I can help you write your book. Today, our guest is Michael Levin. One of the most acclaimed ghostwriters in the industry today, he's written literally hundreds of books uh, with celebrities and brand name people, some of whom he can name, some of whom he can't name. And we're going to learn all the ins and outs of the ghostwriting business from Michael today. So, well, let's get started. Welcome, Michael. Dan, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the uh, the warm buildup. I appreciate that. Michael, one, you know, how did you get started as a ghostwriter? Ooh, I backed into it. I was a lawyer by training. I sold three novels to Simon and Schuster. Couldn't sell a fourth. Um, literally, was a starving writer. And I started offering private writing classes. I was teaching a little bit at UCLA and NYU, teaching adults uh, in, in their writing programs. And uh, the classes started to fill. And then people said, "Coach me." And then they said, "Why don't you just write it for me?" So I literally backed into ghostwriting. And that was, uh, you know, if you add them all up, uh, writing, editing. Uh, creating, publishing, a few cases, agenting. I've been involved with over a thousand books in about 30, 35 years. So that's kind of how it started. Wow. A thousand books. That's amazing. How do you manage your time? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I, um, I, I work hard. That's the best way to put it, but I don't work crazy hours. I do all of my calls between 10 and four on a weekday. There's one client who is on the West Coast, so we do his calls at four. And then uh, I'll get up and after I do my morning stuff, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sort of bite into the email and see what's going on for about half an hour and then and then uh, get to the gym and whatnot. Uh, but I try to wrap up by about four o'clock. I just, I, 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 I work quickly. I work intensely. Uh, and, uh, and, and I, and I, I do believe that you can have a balance and I do have a, I have a wife and children. So I'm, I'm there for them, and I work out a lot and do a lot of sports stuff. So there has to be time for you know for everything. Um, and uh, but the core of it is that when I'm working, I'm working hard. And uh, um, I think really what it comes down to, uh, time management is really emotion management. And ultimately, I just have to trust my judgment. And I'm not going to be right all the time, but I make decisions constantly. I'm looking at a deal right now where I underpriced it. And I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do with this, and uh, I'll, I'll so after we're done, I'm going to go back into the email with that client or that prospect, and try to figure out a solution that'll work for him and for me, and then whatever answer I come up with, that's going to be it. I'm not going to you know wait three days or something like that or come back to it. I'm just going to figure it out, deal with it, and whatever it is, move on, and uh, and just just keep it moving. Just keep it keep keep the line moving. That was a long answer, but that's 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 the, that's the answer. Oh, that, that's a great answer. I know you uh, answered a lot of questions that my 
members of my uh, mastermind group have asked over the many months of what do you do if you underprice a project or if you have clients who are taking too much time or whatever. So I'm sure they're learning from you as as we're going through this. Um, what are some of the challenges you see as a ghostwriter? Well, the, the, the first one is that we're ghosts, so we can't always talk about all the things that we've done. Uh, and so what, what I find is that most it's it's amazing how many clients will let you put their names and the cover of their book on your website and in your marketing materials, but you have to ask. So there's no harm in going to a client, current client, past client, saying, would you give me a blurb? And, and then get the blurb and then put that up on the site because your major issue as a ghostwriter is differentiation, is avoiding the commodity trap. What makes you special? How do you How do you stand out? And having social proof in the form of kind words from past clients is incredibly important. Uh, I've got tons of blurbs on my site because, you know, I can say anything I want about myself, but when other people say it, it means a thousand times more. Um, the other issue, the, the other the other challenge that ghostwriters have is uh, embarrassment about asking for what they're what they deserve. And the reality is that anything that you do or I do, we find for the most part fairly easy. We've done it over and over. We know how to do it. Uh, we might uh, feel as though we were born with those particular skills. It just comes easily. As a result, we discount the value that it has to others. And so we price things in accordance with how easy it is for us instead of how valuable it is to them. So most ghostwriters, including myself for a very long time, tend to underprice themselves. They're afraid of not getting the deal. They're afraid that they won't be liked. Uh, uh, but the thing to do is whatever you're charging right now on your next deal, double it uh, and double that fee and add 20%. And hold your breath and make the ask. Double it and add twenty percent, and uh, and then and just hold your breath and make the ask. And the thing is that you may not get. Let's say let's say you lose half the deals that you would have gotten. Well, you're still making more money because on the ones you're ma- getting, you're making twenty percent more than double, and you only have to do one book for the money. So if you were charging twenty five thousand, then you go to you go to uh, double is fifty. Twenty uh, percent more is uh, fifty five thousand. So if you only get one out of two deals, you only you're getting fifty five thousand for doing one book instead of fifty thousand for doing two. Your time just became much more valuable to yourself and someone else. And the more you do that, the more you ask, the more comfortable you're going to be asking for what you deserve. So uh, uh, it's really hard to ask for what you're worth. I used to call my uh, mentor in literally in tears. Who's going to pay me ninety five dollars an hour? I mean, this is you know a thousand years ago. Um, today, nobody's paying me five dollars an hour because I don't charge. <laughs> That's another thing. Don't charge by the hour. Charge by the result. Uh, you know, because they don't they don't know or care how long it takes you to do something, and if it takes you one hour or a hundred hours, that's your business, not theirs. So never, ever, ever quote by the hour. Quote by the result. Quote by the value that you're providing your client. I could go on, but I'll I'll stop right there. Oh, that that's fantastic! I know one of our mastermind members would would be would be nodding her head in agreement because she is a great believer that we undervalue our superpowers, and that's her her buzzword and her keyword that we do value ourselves. And I've never heard anyone say double and then add more. So I'm sure that's inspirational for everyone listening. So thank you for that. Um, do you think it's important for a ghostwriter to specialize in certain genres or can they be jacks of all trades? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think the answer is yes to both. Um, I mean, in, in, in a broad sense, my practice, and I call it a practice, is because, you know, I'm practicing, trying to get better. I, that's, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound, uh, you know, full on myself, but, you know, that's what it is. Um, it's, 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 it's generalist in the sense that I, I will take on a positive person with a positive message, whether that's in business, uh, sports, body, mind, spirit, finance, insurance, medicine, uh, consulting, financial services. I won't take on anything that is uh, either negative or technical. I won't take on anything negative because I don't want the bad karma. I don't believe in, you know, that it is a superpower to be able to write and to write in someone else's voice and to listen to someone else and really capture the message. Um, so it would be sinful to use that uh, to do to do something negative. So I won't. And then the 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 uh, and then I don't understand anything technical. I'm not. My wife's an engineer. I'm not. I'm a typist. So you know I can really turn my car on, let alone. So I won't do anything that I don't understand. Um, and and those are my parameters. At the same time, I do have a specialty in books for financial advisors because I get them. I've done more than a hundred books for them. I have a nice reputation in their world, and they're great clients. So you know, so I have a generalist door that. Uh, Folks come through, and then then I have another door for the advisors and the wealth managers and the insurance people, and that seems to work out fine. Cool. Are there any red flags that you find when you're interviewing prospects? Because you know we all want the business, and we all want to take the business that comes in the front door, and then we find out, uh oh, there are some warning signs here that uh, this is not a good client. You've worked with more than a thousand people. I'm sure you've rejected some. What do you look for? Because you can afford to be choosy. Yeah. Yeah, I sometimes tell them I cannot afford to uh, uh, say no to everybody, but I can afford to say no to anybody. <laughs> you know, I think that's actually true for all of us. A bad client isn't going to make you a small amount of money. A bad client is going to lose you money. It's going to lose you money. You're going to come out poorer financially and emotionally. So if somebody's a jerk on the call... End the call to say, hey, you know something? You're a great guy, but this I don't think this, I, I think I'm the wrong person for this book. Goodbye. You know, I mean, in a nice way. And don't make an enemy, but just get off the phone as fast as you can if they're a jerk. I mean, sometimes my assistant, when we were sharing, you know, an office suite, I'd, I'd come on the call and she'd be like, I'm on the phone. With the, she'd like, you know, put it on a mute. I'm talking to a prospect. And she'd be like, you know, give me that face. Like, <laughs> and she'd be like, you know, I'm so sorry, but the timing just isn't so, so, so don't even engage. Don't get, don't, 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 you know, my mother used to say, and I think she was talking about my girlfriends, that uh, if you, uh, if you lie down with dogs, you wake up with fleas. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, and I, 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 I fire clients, not often, uh, two or three this year. Uh, one of them, we just gotten started. It was sort of a rush project and it was a nice fee. Everything was great. Brilliant guy, very successful. And no matter what I did, he made it wrong. In the first week, the book plan, wrong. The first chapter, I edited it, wrong, 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 wrong. I woke up in the middle of the night, that that Friday night, after just three days of work, and I said, not going to happen. So Saturday night, which is when I got back to my email, wrote him a nice note and said, look, this isn't working. I'm going to send you back all your money, and I wish you great success. I didn't try to keep what I, money for what I'd done, and I, 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 I was courteous, and uh, I hope he, if he thinks of me, he thinks of me fondly. But I don't care. Because at the end of the day, I can't, I, I don't have patience for that. You know, if somebody's, if, if somebody's, basically the honeymoon is no good. And that means the, the, the sales process, 
uh, or, or, or the negotiation process or the very beginning of the work process, do you really think the marriage is going to be better? So, you know, yeah, we all want the money. We all need the money, but you don't need the aggravation. Life's, I don't know if it's too short or too long, but you don't need it. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's easy to spot someone who's a jerk and just cut that off immediately. But it's a lot harder to to see when the working relationship actually starts. And I'm glad you pointed that out, that you can find those clues in the first couple of hours of working with them or the first meetings where you're just not jiving on a working relationship. So I think that's a really important point. So, so, Michael, you've been an absolute delightful guest. Loved having you on the show. Tell us, who is your ideal client and how can they get in touch with you? Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, my website is Michael Levin Writes, Michael, L-E-V-I-N, W-R-I-T-E-S is my website. My cell number is 617-543-3747, 617-543-3747. Operators are not standing by <laughs> my um, and whoops and i pick it up and i'll answer it and uh and we'll talk and uh, my my ideal client is obviously somebody with a a a, a positive a positive person with a positive message and uh, those are the folks I, I i work with those are the folks i love and respect and those are the folks whose privilege it is for me to carry their message and uh, and 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 uh, amplify their message uh, to uh, society Great. Thank you for being with us, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We have more than 200 other episodes on our YouTube channel of Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle. Check them out. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.